Hello everyone, and to all our legionnaires around the world, we welcome you to a <clears throat> very unique episode of the Legion cast this evening. This evening we're opening up the mental health table, where my guests and I discuss the most important thing in the world at the moment, and that is the mental health of everyone in said world. So... She is my sister from another mother, and the wolf lover, Hannah, hey guys! What up? <laughs> and she is our lovely Scottish mother, Suzanne Rust. Evening, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um... <sighs> So today, like I said, we're opening up the mental health table because obviously... We couldn't exactly fit it into our uh, into our Tuesday night talks episode, so we uh, thought I thought to myself we should fit it in this one episode. Um. So yeah. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> so yeah, we are here to discuss the wonderful thing that is mental health. So um. Suzanne, if you wish to, if you wish to start us off, yeah, spoiler me as well. Yes, <laughs> seeing is... as it was partially my idea. <laughs> yeah, you you really wanted this. I did because mental health is such an important thing. I feel not just for myself, but for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very underestimated, particularly if you're male. Um, There is not (laughs) enough help given to males with things such as depression or anxiety, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people don't talk about it with their brothers, boyfriends, husbands, friends, that kind of thing, if they're happy to be male. Yeah, yeah. Which is a real shame, because men can suffer depression and anxiety just as much as women do. Yes. Um, I mean, me, myself, I have depression. I take medication every day for it. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, the medication gets me through it. and gets me to a place where I can function day to day. But occasionally, I have very very bad days and they're the kind of days where I don't even want to get out of bed I don't want to do anything I don't want to talk to people I just want to basically like be left alone yeah Um, I don't want to really engage with anybody all that much but then the side effect that that has on me is that then makes it worse because it gives me time to think about stuff that relates to the depression. Yeah, and I things that you dread. Yeah. And also just things that I think about in general when these depressed days hit me really badly. Uh-huh. 
Like, my right. thing is, I'll get into a weird headspace where I start second-guessing my relationships with everybody. And I get into that mindset of, oh, people are just friends with me because I'm nice to them. They don't actually like me as a person or want to spend time talking to me or whatever. Which is exactly how I am. Yeah. I, I am practically like you. <clears throat> but not only that, I have um, high-functioning autism spectrum disorder as well. And Asperger's syndrome. And in that regard, I think of the fact that people are just being nice to my face so they can stab me in the back. Uh, because my my things focus on betrayal and heartbreak because that's how much I have had in my life. I have had it a lot. Uh, and it hurts. It really hurts. And um, it's supremely difficult because like you, Suzanne, I do not wish to get out of bed at times. I just feel like there's nothing to do during lockdown especially. So what is even the point of um, of even wanting to move? You know, it it's... Uh, it hurts. Yeah, and I mean, I definitely think lockdown has made a lot of people's mental health very much worse at this moment in time because we're all struggling to get through this and come out the other side. Yes. But in the meantime, we can't do anything. We can't spend time with our friends. We can't go out to the cinema or go for a meal together or yeah. meet up and go for even a drink, even if it was a soft drink. You know, like because I know you don't drink, for example. If yeah. I was if I was able to come down and spend some time with you, I'd say, right, let's go out and go somewhere where you can we can have soft drinks together. But because of lockdown at the moment, that's not an option. It's not even an option in my own city either. Right. Because although they've reopened some of the pubs and stuff in Scotland, I do not feel comfortable with starting to go back to venues like that yeah it is too soon in my opinion yeah and uh for me for me and hannah in in particular um we've got quite a big event coming up because of our love for the for everything mobster in 1920s we've got the speakeasy festival in november and uh i understand that Everything is reopening. However, I'm very cautious because, yes, I do want to go there and, yes, I want to have a good time and look at the Old Trafford Stadium, um, which is my home team stadium. Um, but like you, I am very, very cautious, you know. Um, yeah, and I mean, we, some of us have to be because, again, like, there's a danger in my case, if I became a carrier for the virus, then there's a danger that I might pass it on to either my husband or my parents. Yeah. And that terrifies me because my parents are in the elderly, elderly category and my husband already has an existing health condition. Right. And uh, for me... 
even though I am sometimes sick of seeing them every day, there are a couple of my neighbours here in this block of flats where um, who are at high risk of uh, catching it. Sorry? They're at high risk of catching it? Are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. They are at high risk of potentially getting the virus, especially um, for the COPDs or whatever it's called. Is it is that right? COPD? Post-traumatic stress disorder. No, no, that's PTSD. Um, PTSD. Oh god. Um, Suzanne, you've talked about this before. The CODP or something like that. Have I? <laughs> um. Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, um. No, there's a thing called split personality disorder, but. Uh, well. Basically, well, I, I, I don't know that. <laughs> no. No way. I know one of my. Friends in America does have that himself. So. No, no, but I mean, uh, I'm basically saying just like your husband, um, one of my residents here at this block of flats has a pre-existing health condition as well. Yeah. Um, and it would be foolish to get the virus and give it to her. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's not even just about catching it yourself. It's also about, like, being a carrier of it even... Yeah, it's risky yeah. because, as you say, both of us know people or have people close by who might be in danger of picking it up from us if we were a carrier. Yeah, but the one thing that annoys me about this is that I want to get out. I want to get out of my flat. I want to get out of the building. I want to actually walk around and feel the fresh air, but I feel like I can't because of all of this fear and this terror and, and, and the panic you know it's sending my anxiety through the roof probably even as we speak right now because um, like I said I am sick of seeing the people of my little quarantine family every single fucking day yeah and I mean you must also be sick of staring at the same four walls every day as well well yeah that that too I'd so that to... obviously adds to your anxiety and your stress as well. Yeah. And I think having having the neurodiversities of autism and Asperger's doesn't help at all. Because like for us neurodiverse, we uh, we process things a little bit longer, we take a little bit longer time to process things than a neurotypical person. Um, and we often repeat ourselves or, you know, things like that. So it's very, it's much more difficult than just having anxiety and depression and PTSD. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's it's not that straightforward for anybody with any of those things or a combination of those things. Yeah, exactly. Um, by the way, to all our neurodiverse listeners, um, we hope this helps you out, you know, makes you feel a little more at ease knowing that you have a person who may have something that you have talking about it. And the other thing is to realise that you're not alone as well. Yeah. yeah. 
That's I was right. just about to say, or you're not alone because there's many. Um, there's many people like you, uh, you listeners, and me. Many, mm-hmm. many people. I was about to say, well, the can what people would call possibly a condition. What I have is really unique and kind of unusual. Well, I was going to say, what is yours? Mine is Fragile X. It's a weird thing, but I am within the autistic spectrum. Okay. If you can, that is. Could you give a little more about what Fragile X is? Um, just give me one moment. Yep. So, Suzanne, um, say if you were truly neurotypical, like no depression, no anxiety, no PTSD, no nothing. Mm-hmm. What would lockdown be doing to you? Um, I think to some degree it would still be a complete pain because I'm still stuck in the house. Yeah. I'm still quarantining with my husband. I still have only seen my parents well, I've only seen my mum on one occasion since lockdown hit. Mm-hmm. And even then, we still had to social distance. We still had masks on. Both of us were using hand sanitizer, yeah. all that kind of jazz. Um, so it would still be bad, but I think the fundamental thing that is bugging me during lockdown so much is the inability to spend time in real life with my friends. Yeah. I cannot just phone somebody and say, do you want to meet up and go to pictures? Or do you want to go out for a drink? Or do you want to go out for dinner? Or do you want to just meet up and talk? Yeah. Because, again, social distancing, sitting six metres apart or whatever the hell it is. Apparently for us it's now just a metre. Really? Okay, yeah. I didn't know that had changed. My yeah, bad. Apparently, it went from <laughs> two to it went from two meters to a meter. Hmm. Okay. Which um, I still I still find impulsive. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not, and it's not always practical. You know, no. for some people, sitting two meters apart means you can't really hear the other person if they are talking. So you're not really gonna have a great conversation with somebody if you're having to sit. A meter away from them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing that would still probably be the same regardless of lockdown or not, as the case may be. Yeah. Yep. And I have a little bit more in my. Uh, what I oh, mentioned yes. earlier. Yeah, please. Um, fragile X syndrome or FXS as it's known. It's a genetics thing for me. Okay. What are for some me, of the... I only have it mildly. Right. So like me, with my high-functioning autism, you wouldn't be able to tell if you have fragile X. Um, Am I right? It's, it's to do with more of, yeah, pretty much my intellect. Oh. I was going to say, what were some of the symptoms of it? Um, sometimes it can include uh, a long, narrow face, large ears, 
flexible fingers and large for men, probably. You get my point. <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay. Uh, but unfortunately for my cousin, mm -hmm. she got it a lot worse than I did. Right. Because she's pretty much if if this sounds offensive in any way, just let me know. Okay. She's got the mind of a child, quite literally. Right. That must be... My auntie has to deal with her every day. I was going to say, I'm assuming that isn't easy. I don't know easy. what she would have been like. No, I don't know what she would have been like if it was mild, like me. Right. Well. But it's tough to deal with. Mm hmm Also, I've I've realized since day one of this lockdown that our emotions get amplified uh if we have mental health. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. Um I mean you can testify to this, Leon, you and I very nearly fell out with each other recently. Yes. And that is not normal for us in any never. way, shape or form. Never. Um no. I love you like a brother and I've never had any cause for that to happen, but emotions Same. were running really high that day and both of us have very strong opinions on the matter. And it yes. just got a bit more heated than it would normally. But again, as you say, if we weren't in lockdown we probably wouldn't have been feeling the way we were feeling anyway. No. Um, do, now, we're not going to mention it here, but no. <laughs> um, ha have a listen to our third episode of Tuesday Night Talks, which will be going up very soon on our podcast to understand what we are talking about. Uh, and obviously, if you have any more questions, get us on our socials and We'll answer as honestly as we can. Um, so, in that regard, Hannah, and I know this mm -hmm. might, I know this might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but um. but uh, how have how have your amplified emotions come out? Oh, you mean like? How young does that have been? No, no, you first. Basically, how have your emotions come out? No, I was going to say not what I meant. Like, you with your amplified anxiety, your, mm. like, your depression. Or... Yeah, so how, how, how has yours come out? Mine? It differs every day. One minute, I'm perfectly fine, happy and chipper. Mm. And the next minute, I could be like, I don't give a shit, I don't give a care. Nobody wants to fucking talk to me or whatever. Yeah. I know you've cried a few times as well, on a few occasions. I have. 
because I know this is kind of a t touchy subject for me, but I have literally had to grieve, much like mm. you have done. Much like you. Yeah, basically, for lack of a more advanced explanation, me and Hannah, basically, we missed out on grieving when we should have done. So, now's the only time for us to do so. Yeah, well... I know you've cried, I know lot... you've... Go on. I know it's been hard for you, and it's certainly been hard for me, because mm. I've lost at least four people in my life. At least four now. It was mm. three, but now four. Mm -hmm. Two family members, one friend and one old school friend that my school friend committed suicide. I don't mm. know what gave him to do it, but he did. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I know you've Rest also... Rest in peace. I know, I know you've also cried about missing me and one of our other guests on the podcast. Oh, hell yeah. I miss you guys every day. Mm. Really as, do. as do I with you. But yeah, I know you've come to me bawling your eyes out. <laughs> yeah. Oh. If and I met I you before then, Leon, I would have known you for as long as you've known John. Well, Obviously, yeah, that's that if we met. I was going to say, that's, if that's... If we had met 10 plus years ago, then yes, we would have the same chemistry as I do with John. Yeah, I don't, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's only been three years for the both of you. Right. <clears throat> so then, Suzanne, how have your amplified feelings come out? Apart from the one you already mentioned, um, apart from that, the other thing, um, <laughs> a lot of you will know this guy's name when I mention him. Um, but I, a Scottish wrestler by the name of Adrian Lionheart McCallum, passed away last summer in the mm -hmm. June, and obviously the anniversary was about three weeks ago now. Same week as Father's Day. Same weekend as Father's Day, which I know is a very tough time for Leon as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it just kind of brought everything flooding back because of all the pictures that people were posting of him, all the memories everybody was talking about. Um, some of the other podcasts I listened to, dedicated episodes talking about him and the matches that he had and how he influenced people's lives, um, either as a wrestler or as a friend. Um, yeah. So it just brought everything back to the forefront again. And it was a really, really tough weekend for me as well because I was struggling with that quite badly. Yeah. But at the same time, I also wanted to try and support Leon because I knew that weekend was going to be really hard for him as well. Yeah, but it's, if I remember correctly, wasn't it two days after? Yeah. Um, Father's Day this year was two year. 
uh, two days after the anniversary of Lionheart's death. Yeah, because yours was a Friday. Friday. And, and then Father's Sunday. Day is a Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, you can find that on the last episode we did of our podcast. Oh, do you mean the third Tuesday night? Yeah. Oh, Tuesday okay, night. yeah. Yeah, so the third episode of Tuesday Night Talks, so if you go back to that, yes. you will understand what Hannah's on about as well. Damn <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, so, um, yes, as Suzanne correctly said, two days after Mr. McCallum had his tribute, it was my father's turn, because uh, six or seven years ago now, um, my father passed on as well, so uh, it was quite a uh, big weekend for the both of us and for all the wrestling fans in general, actually, because obviously there were a lot of people that have paid their own tributes to Adrian, like Brock, AJ, Dixie Carter. Uh, Joe Hendry, Mark Dallas, etc. Yeah, and I mean that's never mind things like um, that. Kenny Williams organised an auction to raise money for one of the men's mental health charities this year in Adrian's memory. Yeah, and didn't they also do like a walk? They did. They went round, I believe, all the venues in Glasgow that ICW's done shows at that Lionheart was featured in. Right, so that includes places like the Classic Grand, mm-hmm. Barrowlands, SECC, <laughs> the Hydro, uh, the most Mary famous Hill. one, the, the Garage. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Garage. Mary Hill? Yeah, they went to Mary Hill as well. Yeah, because wasn't he featured there prominently? He was. He was, in fact, the first night I went to an ICW show for the first time. Um, Adrian was already on the card, so he was already wrestling for ICW at that point. Ah, right. So, yeah, he would have been featured in Mary Hill. So, yes, that didn't that also raise funds for... Uh, I believe so, yes, because people were donating in order to take part in the walk as well. Right, yeah. Yeah. And as I say, all the money went to one of the men's mental health charities. I can't remember exactly which one, but if you look up Kenny Williams' Twitter page, it'll be on there which one they donated it to. Yeah, and obviously, if there's still a chance, go ahead and donate, because obviously, very worthy cause. Um, Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. Couldn't ask for anything better than that. Yeah, Adrian would have loved that. (laughs) Woody, I. <laughs> Woody, I. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, I just have to poke fun at his uh, song that he got made. Yeah, I remember it fondly. <laughs> Did you? Eh? <laughs> it's not just that, it's the fact that when he heard the song starting to play over the speakers and he realised that Joe Hendry was making fun of him 
Adrian himself started laughing, even right. though he was trying really hard not to break character at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell he found it funny. <laughs> yeah, goddammit, Joe. Yeah, that was the one thing that Joe got right. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the few things that Joe Henry does well, I will say, is the parody videos where he'll pick a song and then use change lyrics to basically make fun of somebody. Yeah. Like he, did, he did a really, really good one for uh, Drew McIntyre or Drew Galloway, depending on how you know him. <laughs> yeah, I'm Drew Galloway, never Yep. No, but um, that actually leads me on to an actually quite appropriate segue. Um, I want to talk about, um, oh, I forgot the word now, um, pressures, peer pressure wh- while you have mental health, because, um, I, I will say this now, I took a heavy blow when I was going out for the first time to like a pub, um, because of my straight edge lifestyle of no drinking, no smoking, and no illicit drugs, I got called boring by some of the patrons of the pub, and they were trying to like pressure me into drinking. Um, so that that hurt very much because I hate. I would normally hate being pressured into doing anything I don't want to do anyway. But with the fact that I was, that I am, sorry, going through trauma at this time, and to have those people call me boring for not drinking is quite hurtful. It's also fairly disrespectful as well to be referring to somebody as boring just because they choose not to drink or to smoke or to do illicit drugs. Really? (laughs) Yeah, they were calling me not fun. I don't understand that, but I guess that's maybe because although I'm not straight edge like you, Leon, I do have a drink occasionally, but it's a very rare thing. I don't drink a lot on the nights I go out. And I don't, I choose not to drink at wrestling shows most of the time because it's a decision I've made for myself. But my friends around me at those shows or on those nights out never try and pressure me into drinking more or drinking at all if I say, look, I'm having a night off the drink. They just accept the fact that I've chosen not to at that point. Well, that's why. I know he may not be listening, but I know one of my f- my very good friends, Mr. Tim Bishop, um, he kind of saved me a little bit, if that makes sense, because he basically said to those disrespectful punters that, you know, one, drip, one drop of alcohol could basically turn his insides. He, he basically said, like, it was... I know he was kind of pulling a bit of a wool over the punter's eyes, but he basically said one drop of alcohol could just make him throw up. Like, his body cannot handle any of it. Well, I mean, to be fair, you've been straight edge all your life, haven't you, Leon? Uh, Yeah, pretty damn much. So that's... Actually, I wouldn't 
say that's him pulling the wool over their eyes at all. That could possibly have been true. Because yeah. it's the same thing as if you've been vegetarian all your life and you eat meat, that can make you really sick. Yeah, yeah. Your body doesn't know how to process it or how to deal it, with it. it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm not saying... I'm not saying he wasn't speaking the truth. I only say that he was pulling the wool over the punter's eyes to make him stop pressuring me. That's what I was meaning. Fair enough. <laughs> but no, you're right. Due to my extreme dedication to this lifestyle, if I try to smoke a joint, sm um, sm sniff some weed or drink alcohol, I'd probably be sick for days on end. Yeah, and we don't want that. <laughs> well, we, don't no. want, we don't want you being sick for days on end. We don't want you being sick at all, actually. Yeah, so, Tim, if you ever listen to this, I'd like to thank you from the bottom of my heart for not only saving me, but teaching me something that I didn't know about myself. Thanks. Thank you, Tim. Yeah, cheers, Thanks, Tim. Tim. Uh, Love you. I don't know what my brother would have, our brother would have done. Which well, yeah, you? exactly. Yeah, if if it weren't for you, I don't know where I'd be right now, quite honestly. So, cheers, dude. Uh, so on that note, Hannah, what pressures have you faced while you've been having mental health? Hannah, what um, what process have you faced while you've been having mental health? Um, I Sorry. There's probably, there's probably a lot that I had going through my mind. Yeah. Like old memories. Wanting to see people again. Mm -hmm. I try and keep my mind off the shit, but it's not easy. It never is. No, but I mean, have you had, while you've been having your mental health, has anyone actually, like, tried pressuring you into doing things? Um, not that I'm aware of, no. It's it's okay. Uh, Suzanne, what about yourself? Um, again, I've been quite lucky over the years. Um, I think the only time previous to this, and this was actually before I realised I had mental health issues in the first place, was when I was a teenager. A couple of friends of mine took up smoking, just normal cigarettes, no weed or illicit drugs. Okay, and. Yeah, they kept, similar to the punters in the pub that you mentioned, Leon, they kept going on about it and on about it and on about it, trying to get me to join them, which I never did, because one, uh -huh. I don't like the smell of cigarettes in the first place, and two, I just have no interest in taking up smoking. It's a horrible, disgusting habit. It costs yeah. far too much, because a pack of cigarettes nowadays is about five or six pounds a pack, I believe. 
Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure if somebody out there knows it's more expensive, you can correct me. Um, well, yeah. You know, so if you say smoking, say 40 a day, for example, that's yeah. probably two packs of 20 a day, so that's 10 or a day straight away. And then if you add that up over the course of a year, that's over three grand. Wow. This is insane. It's like, that's bonkers. And I can think of so many better things to spend money on than on cigarettes. Um, Uh I'd much rather spend three grand (laughs) on, like, the PS5 that's coming. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That thing looks amazing, by the way. It does look beautiful. <laughs> just so uh, to get off topic for a second. <laughs> no, but no. Um, in, it, just so we don't get off topic too much, uh, once again, guys, uh, this time go check out our 2.5 episode of Tuesday Night Talks to, to find out what we're, what we're gawking over, if you want to, like, hear more about it that's the place to go um but you know how you said at the beginning suzanne that Mm -hmm. uh men find it harder to expose Mm -hmm. their mental health yeah i wanted to ask you because you are a member of the female species um why is it easier for women and not so much for men I think it's because in society at large it is considered by most people to be more I'm saying this in air quotes by the way, acceptable for women to discuss their emotions and how they feel about things than it is for men. Men are expected to be the big tough macho dudes that never ever talk about how they feel and never admit that they feel weak or helpless or even just sad sometimes. Yeah. I can definitely <laughs> testify because my father had that. My father was quite the uh, the epitome of the macho man, you know. Um, He thought, you know, it's better to keep your heart well I know I'm going to air quote a famous song lyric here that Hannah will instantly know about but I'm going to air quote hello hello, Juan our brilliant Spaniard welcome to the podcast my dude hey Hey, Juan yeah yeah yeah, we can so yeah I'm going to air quote a famous song lyric that Hannah's going to literally latch on to as soon as I say it, but I don't care. My father thought it would be better to make his heart as hard as a rock. Yep. <laughs> I knew she'd latch onto that. Um, yeah, of course I would. Yeah, why am I not surprised? Uh, but, uh, but I'm serious. My father felt like that was the way forward. He thought that he should be hard when he's out in the in the world and he shouldn't let things get to him or things like that. But uh, that ended up being his downfall. 
you know, because he he cried a lot in private and didn't exactly show it, you know. Um, uh, this is... Should you maybe ask Juan some of the questions you've been asking the rest of us? Yeah, I, uh, I'll pass it on. So, Juan, um, how we first talked about peer pressure um, because I was in a pub and I got told that I'm boring and I'm not fun because of me not drinking with the rest of them. But my best friend saved me by telling everyone that if I just get one drop of alcohol, I will be sick uh, because of how long I've been straight edge for. So how have you had any, have you had any peer pressure and how have you dealt with it? Uh, well, little points first. Uh, first, um, your friends, the friends that you were hanging out that day, except for the one that saved you. <laughs> Sorry? I, I said the friends that you were hanging out with that day, they suck. Except for the one that saved you. Yeah. That's shitty to do to anyone, period. You know, don't, no. don't, if someone doesn't want to drink, don't make them. No, I agree. It's just bad. Um, me personally, have I been in pressure? Not directly. Um, give me one second, Doug. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> you had you had been cutting in and out anyway, so you you, you want to give one minute. Okay. So yeah, this is notoriously difficult, you know, because there are a lot of things I don't get about the world. And this is why I'm asking all these damn questions. Hey, that's what we're here for, to try and answer them as best we can. Yeah, I know. And I know our listeners will probably have those same questions running through their heads as we're recording this, you know. There'll be a lot. Go on. I was going to say, and we can drop our social media stuff at the end, so if anybody wants to talk or just wants to drop us a message, they can find us at our various social medias at the end of the day. Yeah, because obviously we're not we're not going to be that type of podcast that think, oh, we don't care about our fans or we don't want to talk to our fans. Of course we do. It's like one of our, it's one of our best qualities. You know, we, we love talking to people about what stories they have and what they've gone through. You know, it's good for us. Yeah, and I mean, it's in, it's always interesting to find out about other people's life experiences as well, because everybody's lived a different life. Yeah, of course. It's like I've not gone through some of the same things as you have, or as Hannah has, or as John has, or, or, Juan, or anybody. Yeah, yeah. So it is nice to find people who are different. Um, yeah, and- but then sometimes somebody might also say something that you go... Oh wait, that's happened to me as well, or I've experienced that. Yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah, you'll find common connections as well. Um, so yeah, we're not, we're never gonna be like, oh, we don't, we don't want to talk to our fans because X, Y, and Z. 
we'd love to talk to you guys, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, speaking of similar experiences, have you had any similar experiences to mine? You mentioned the smoking one. Alright, sorry about that. I do apologize. Oh, don't worry about it, my friend. Um, so yeah, you were saying you haven't been directly peer pressured. Me? No. Um, directly. Like, like, I haven't had anyone say, oh, come on, man. Drink, drink, drink. I don't like that. Right. I, I, I so you've, you've not had anyone call you boring then? For... No. So, so that, that, that's... <laughs> Let me remind you. I was a very big, big guy in high school. I'm still I am. Right. Um, my friends were all either skinnier or smaller than me. So uh-huh. none of them would actually tell that to my face with a fear of me going, what you say? Pop, pop, pop in their face. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. But that's, that. that's not, but I would never do that. That's the thing. I'm like, I'm, the, I'm a gentle giant. I'm a, I'm a big friendly guy in the group, right? But I, I just look intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I look scary. But I'm very nice. But you, um, have a, you have a heart of gold. Exactly. Um, so my, my friends, unfortunately, during the high school and college are the type to uh, let's see who could drink the most first and get passed out the quickest. Right. Uh, so they always had those types of contests. Yeah. So no, so one of my friends, he actually had a house in a, in a, in a town not far from here. Um, they actually own a house. And the house usually became in the, in the summer became pretty much a party house every day. Yeah, for like spring breakers and yeah, no, yeah. it was it was like that summer was eternal spring break. Yeah, um, I don't personally drink. I unless it's like a special occasion, like a wedding or yeah, of course birthday or uh, so always getting um married or you know kid get married or whatever. Yeah, yeah of course. Special occasions, basically. Yeah, like um, Suzanne, she only like does it on a night out, or she doesn't even. You don't even do it at a wrestling show, do you? Much? Uh, no, I I made that decision after one very very drunken wrestling show for me. Right. Basically, I went to a show which was being held on my birthday. Oh, nice. But because of that, I decided it would be a good idea to go to a bar beforehand with my friends. Okay. So for starters, somebody, I can't remember who now, because it was a long time ago, was buying me double jacks and coke. Because that is your drink. Because that's my usual drink. And then my friend Elaine turned up with a bottle of wine. But she also pointed out that the venue we were going to for the wrestling show later in the evening wouldn't let us in with a bottle of wine. So we had to drink it before we went to the show. So although I was divvying it up between me and the others, I still probably had about half the bottle myself. (laughs) (laughs) And the combination of the double Jackson Coke and the wine got me quite tipsy. And the last thing I can actually remember of that night is getting into the garage and getting upstairs to where the actual show is held, being with my friends, and the only 
person's match from that night that I can remember even having a match was James Scott or Darkseid as he was known at the time. Oh fuck. Okay. Um and I woke up the next morning hung over to all hell and rang the friend one of the friends that I'd been out with the night before and said, One, what the hell happened? And two, I don't remember most of the show from last night. And okay. she just she just said, Yeah, you were absolutely hammered last night. Um because you'd been drinking too much. And she said, Well, put it this way, what do you remember of the night? And I was like, mm, not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few little bits and pieces, but not a huge amount. So she had to help me basically piece the night together. Oh goodness me! Um, and had to tell me all the results of the show as well because I didn't remember any of the matchups or who won or who lost. <laughs> right, right. So after that, I basically made the decision for myself: if I went to wrestling shows again in future, I would choose not to drink alcohol. If I drink, it's usually either water or a soft drink of some form instead. Now, so if Fair you enough. see if you see me on an ICW and I have a plastic glass in my hand, it's usually water or some form of soft drink <laughs> instead. Fair enough. Because I want to remember the shows and I want to remember the results and what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, one, you was um, saying... <clears throat> you, say you only drink on special occasions. Yeah, well, rarely. Very rarely. Right. And even when I do, I'm a slow drinker. Uh, I'll, have, I'll have one beer for the whole night. Just one beer? Yeah. Because I drink very slowly. I like to. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't see the point in chugging it down. No, no, do I? Um, you gotta at least enjoy your night. Exactly. That's why. That's one of the reasons why I'm straight edge, because I know that most people here in the UK would much rather get hungover as all hell and not remember the night, rather than actually partying. Purely, and enjoying themselves. Uh, well, what's the what's the, what's the joke in uh, Family Guy that um ah oh, they they they're, uh, they were looking for Peter Griffin's dad and they went to Ireland and the minute they land, the plane just goes into a sea of beer bottles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm aware of that joke. I'm aware yeah. of that. Uh, not to make fun of Ireland. <laughs> uh, that was. Um, that wasn't obviously in any offense to any Irish. No, no, no. It's just, it's just what I okay. So the one thing I don't get about drinking and just maybe just be me. I don't know. I don't get what's the point of drinking to the point where you can't remember. Anything. No, like, I, no, like, you're, you're not wrong you in that regard. I, like, I, if, I, if you have bad memories or you have like like PTSD or something, like, if you're like from a, if you're a war vet and you got memories you don't want to remember, I can see. Drinking to forget that because you oh, know, yeah, I, I can too. I, well, I, I understand that, but that's still not the right way to do it. No, not um, like, for and... example, okay, perfect example, perfect example. I do not drink, period. Okay. I'm, always, I'm, I'm literally the sober one in my group, okay. Um, the one time I did drink was my 21st birthday, and the only reason why I did it is because you could actually legally drink. It was the yeah, yeah, you're 21, let's drink. I'm like, you know what, listen, this is the only time I'm going to drink. After this, do not ask me out to drink ever again. 
Right, right. My friends, they, they, they're very understanding. They're like, okay, all right, cool. You know what? Since this is your only time you can drink, we'll make it special. We'll make it a, we'll make it a fun night for you. I'm like, oh, no, that's good. That's cool. There's a, there was a bar, a restaurant slash bar in my town. It's called Garcia Brogan's. It's Mexican-Irish. Okay. Um, I know. Weird combo, but it works. <laughs> um, they had this thing. It's, it's basically called like a scorpion bowl. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys know what it is. Unfortunately, I don't. And I'm um, sure Suzanne, do you know what a scorpion bowl is? Never heard of that, I will admit. <laughs> uh, basically, in, in, in layman's terms, it's... um. They take like a big punch bowl and they fill it with a crap ton of ice. A yeah. lot of different fruit juices, actual pieces of fruit. And then they put like five different types of alcohol in it. Oh, uh, but right. this, is, this is meant for a group of like six people drinking. Okay. Wine, right? Right. So while I'm having fun, we go, we order that. You know, taking zips and all that. Don't get me wrong. It was good because I love fruit drinks. I love any kind of fruit. I'm, I'm, I'm a tropical guy. I'm Puerto Rican. And yes. I love tropical fruit. Fruit, you know, oranges, tomato, uh, tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Oranges, watermelon, uh, you know, bananas, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <sighs> um, so, we finish it. Okay. Then they, order, then they order another one. Oh, okay. I can see where this is heading, but please... And I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't think we could do another one, but sure. Okay. And, like not even like maybe a, a, th- a third of the way in, everybody else goes up, and like there, there's still like a good two thirds of it left. And I'm like, right. uh, I'm not gonna let it go away because <laughs> I, I, I'm over here thinking about the like, how how good it tastes, not thinking about the actual alcohol part of it. I'm just thinking uh-huh. about. The, well, I wasn't. There's a, there's a Spanish tree called pacha, which is passion, passion fruit. And I okay. This tastes just like it. Okay, I'm going to just drink it. Keep drinking it. I was going to say, what if you could remember, what were the five alcohols that they pour into it? Oh, just like just, just standard stuff. Like, you know, you got like a... Um, like Jack. Uh, it was like... It was just like... It was like um, all the brown color ones. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, it was just like this. Was, it was, the, the, the amount they put in wasn't a lot, but it was enough to give the kick, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like, they give like shots. I think it was like shots they put in. But this is like when I was 21. So this is, I'm 30 now. This is like nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, God. So, I, yeah, you, you went I just, through... I just called myself old right there. I just felt old. So I'm like, ow. Uh. <laughs> Um, so back to the story. Um, my friend said I was super drunk that day. I was not. I remember that night clearly. Right. I was at the at most tipsy, but they refused. Like, no, no, you were drunk. You were gone. I'm like, no, no, no. I know what I did that night. I remember everything that night. I just, it's been so long. I just have bad memory. Now, now I have bad memory because of my sleep apnea. Um. Right. But I remember, like, I remember we went there. I remember that. You know, we had a good time. I, we were walking back. <laughs> yeah. Bless, Bless you. you. Thank you. <laughs> Times two because of me and one. So yeah, so you remember where you were. You remember yeah, the yeah. two scorpion bowls. Yeah, no, I remember like we, we uh, 
one of the guys had to end up getting a fight in the front or something because uh, uh, he was like out for smoke and another guy bumped into him or something like that. It was stupid. Um, right, right. We ended up running to a friend of mine on the way there and I was talking to them like on the way back to the car. And then I remember <laughs> we actually forgot where we parked the car. So we had to like, go to the car for a while. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, thought I was the sober one. You guys said the drunk ones? What's going on? So wait, so <laughs> they're claiming that you were gone, but you remember gone. the entire night. Yeah, because I, 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 like I said, I don't really drink. But what I do, it doesn't bother me. That's, that's what I'm afraid of. Right. Well, I, the thing that's, is, I, that's actually brought back a fucking annoying memory, but a fun one as well. Uh, the annoying part was the similar to you, but for me to another drunk to a drunk person. So I'll explain. Um, it was my friend's twenty first birthday, uh, so he was illegally allowed to drink as well. Um, so he was like, he was like chugging down blue wickets and purple wickets and red, orange. <laughs> yeah, orange wickets, red wickets as well. You know what? I don't WK- think you do red. You know well, those WKDs, Juan? No. Oh, you don't know WKD? Oh, okay. No, fair enough. Um, Are they like, I, is, it, is it Bud Light? Like Bud um, Light? Uh, hold on. Let me actually... No, I, th- I think they're more like alcohol pops. Yeah, they're kind of like fizzy pops. Oh! Alcoholic. Uh, they did do Red Wicked, but they don't... They discontinued them. They don't ah, make them so... anymore. Alright, so I so I was right. Okay, that's fine. Um yeah, like Suzanne said, oh, they're yeah. actually calling them a brand of alcopop. Yeah. So, so Suzanne like was Suzanne's absolutely correct that it is a uh alcopop. It, it's basically an alcoholic vodka thing. <laughs> yeah, I just sent you the file on it, Juan. Alright, one second. Yeah, so basically, um Oh, I, okay. I've seen the the, the brand looking like the the picture. Right, I never right. knew what it was. Oh, okay. So you've seen the brand, yeah. you just didn't know what it was. Okay. Yeah, so it's a, it's but it's majorly a UK drink, right? Oh, no worries. Um, it wouldn't have been in your part of the world anyway, because it's only for UK and Ireland. Yeah. Sorry, it's, it's a UK drink. It's like saying um, Guinness is from Ireland. You know, everybody knows what Guinness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my my birthday friend and our, my our other friends were chugging down all these wickeds, and um, they were like chugging them down like one by one by one by one, like picking them all up. Um, but by the time we got to one of my ex friend's boyfriend's house, mm-hmm. um, her boyfriend was shredding it on Guitar Hero while drunk. <laughs> like literally I don't know how the fuck he managed that they were literally shredding on fucking Guitar Hero perfectly while drunk don't ask um, let me guess on expert I have no idea he just looks he like a he must have been if he was that good well yeah um, one of my f- the birthday friend was outside going ooh rain you know so like the comedy drunk um the boyfriend's girlfriend, my ex-friend, um, she almost fell down the fucking stairs and forgot she had a boyfriend. Oh, boy. Yeah. And this is the annoying part of the memory. 
One of my friends was a lying drunk, as I call him. So you know how people thought that you were gone and you ended up being the most sober one? Mm-hmm. That, it was the opposite. He was the drunkest, and he was like, no, no, I'm not drunk, I'm not drunk. I was like, you fucking liar, of course you're drunk. The thing is, though, dude, a lot of people, when they drink, don't think they're drunk. <laughs> Even when they're that drunk. <laughs> so okay. It's not necessarily about lying, it's just that their version of reality is very, very hazy at that point. <laughs> no, but he literally was lying to my face. He was basically saying, I'm not drunk. I was like the most sober one there, and I had to look after all of those fucking carcasses. Yeah, I had to look after all their drunk carcasses. <laughs> but he was literally saying to my face, I'm not drunk. And I was like, yeah, you are. You've been drinking wickeds all day. Yeah, like, I've, said, I've said that to people when I've been drunk as well. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. And then even the next day, he was denying it again. And this time he was sober. And I was like, dude, you drank wickeds all night long. Okay. You were wasted. You were wasted. Uh, okay. I have a good story. I have a good story. Hold on. No, don't worry. Uh, whatever you need to do. So, the 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 summer of my my friends, we were at my friend's house, right? Uh huh. Everything was going fine, and everybody was drinking. I was, I was see that. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> my friend had this um. Pickup, right? And uh, it was parked in the in the in the backyard, and we were all hanging out. My friend was got so drunk that he was in the back of the pickup, and he actually fell out of the pickup. That wasn't oh. he fell out of a car that wasn't moving. Oh god! <laughs> okay. I, I look at him. I'm like, how'd you fall? He goes, I don't. I fell. I'm like, you fell out of a car. Whoa, was it moving? I'm like, no, it was parked. He goes, <laughs> how do I fall out of a car and it's parked? I'm like, you tell me. I'm asking you the question. <laughs> I'm so out of it. It was funny. I know, but it was like... Okay, so, so that's what brings me back yeah, to my point. Right? That's, that's what brings me back to my point, though. Like, I don't, like, some, so, like, if you want to drink and you want to like, have fun, I, okay, I get it. Yeah, I get it too. Yeah, I get it, but drink responsibly, people. Exactly. Like, like, so the way me and my friends did it, it was like, instead of going down to a bar or to a club and wasting yeah, yeah, yeah. money that way, because you do waste a lot of money down the way, Yeah, you know, just stay at a, stay, pick a house, pick a friend's house, stay at the night of the house, put the keys away, you know, so that no yeah. one's going to drive, and just you make a night of it. You know, at least yeah, just stay in the house. Down. You're safe in the house. No one's driving. No one's doing nothing stupid. At least outside of the house. Yeah, yeah. You know? well, and then everybody has a place to crash because you're all gonna be inside the house. Right. Yeah. Even if where you crash is on the floor. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're, you're still know, crashing. Exactly. You, you, you know, you'll wake up with a puke on your face probably, but you never know. <laughs> but no. So yeah. And this guy literally was drinking. Wicked's why I was denying his drunk. So that has confirmed it for me. 
And I was like, fucking Christ. I'm the only sober one. I've had I had every other guest that this that that my friend invited tipsy or wasted and I was the only sober one. And I was having someone say that they weren't drunk. So but it makes it worse because most of the friends that were drinking they have mental health issues. Um, the guy who was denying that he was drunk has dyslexia and dyspraxia. Um, the guy who was saying, ooh, rain, you know, the comedy drunk, the birthday comedy, um, he has anger management and um, special needs. I don't know what special needs, but he has special needs. Uh, the girl who almost fell down the fucking stairs and didn't and forgot she had a boyfriend, she had some sort of special needs. I don't know which ones. And I'm not sure about the guitar shredding boyfriend. I'm not sure. <laughs> if he, I'm not sure if he had any special needs or if he was neurotypical. But yeah, he literally shredded that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite an accomplishment when you've been drinking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, my, the only thing I have about peer pressure is, like, when it comes to, like, my, my, my situation, I don't really get it directly. It's more like, for example, in high school, my friends would purposely not invite me out to go drinking or anything because they know how I am. It's indirect oh. peer pressure. No, it's more like indirect I- exclusion. Oh. Like, um, like all my friends would all hang out and do things together, and I'll find out later, like, oh yeah, well, we, they all had a party here. Here, I'm like, oh, why you guys invite me? Oh, because well, you know how you are, you know your drink. I'm like, I can still hang out, and have fun. Well, yeah, and that annoys me too because you know, I'm like, I don't need to be drunk off my ass to have fun, guys. You know, exactly. Like, I, I. For me, it's always the fact that I'll always remember the nights I've had out on the town. I'll remember them. The punters won't. Because they'll be tomorrow night... Oh, sorry, tomorrow morning hungover and not being able to remember a, wor- a, a thing. You know? It's it, like, oh, I'm not going to be drinking again. And then they start. <laughs> I know, yeah. That's something that I don't like as well. The fact that they say oh i'm never drinking again and then they drink you fucking do it again i know i'm like what's the point it's it's not a promise they ever intend to keep trust me no no, that's what it is that's what alcoholism is it's you want to stop but you your body craves a drink and trust me i know what it is because it runs my family and um that's another reason why i won't drink too much because i'm afraid of becoming an alcoholic um so that's actually one thing you and I agree on. Well, not just that. I'm a, I'm a diabetic, so beer. No, no, fair enough. Not good. Not good at no, all. No, obviously it doesn't work with uh, <laughs> diabetes either. But no, um, you mentioned the fact that your family's gone through that. That's actually where we align. I have had, I've seen what it's done to my family as well. I've seen what all all three substances have done to my family. Um, 
and my father actually almost missed my birth. He almost missed me being born. My dad did miss my birth, but not due to anything like that. <laughs> no, no, my father was in jail. My father was in prison while I was being conceived, and he'd only just uh, got out in time. Dude, you mean being born, not conceived? That's a different Sorry. thing. Sorry. <laughs> uh... I was about to be like, if your dad was in jail when you were being conceived, that's a whole different question. <laughs> I remember, I don't know all the terms. I know, I know. <laughs> but no, so, yeah, my father just barely got out in time to cut the umbilical cord. <laughs> so... The one, the one thing I will say that I love about both you, Antoine, in this regard, Leon, is yeah. that even though you two don't drink to your own choices, you don't make bad judgments about the people that do. No, no. I, and I you do don't that. try and push your straight edge lifestyle on the rest of us. No, I, I would because never do that. And I know I know, either. I know I've said this to you before, Leon, but I don't think Juan's ever heard me say it. That's one of the reasons that when they turned CM Punk into the guy in the straight edge society, I fucking hated his guts right then. Yeah. Because every bloody time he was on television, he'd be going on about how great it was being straight edge, and it was just like, dude, I get that you love it, but the rest of us don't have to as well, and we don't need you going on about every damn week. It's, I know. To me, it's the same as Kurt Angle with his gold medals. At one point, he used to mention that every damn week, and it was like, Kurt, shut up, I'm sick of hearing about them. <laughs> it's just like, oh, leave it alone. <laughs> like, congratulations to you, but can you shut the fuck up, please? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, Juan, am I safe to say that you wouldn't have forced your philosophy on any of your friends? No? Could you repeat the question for Juan, please? Right. Right. I said, am I right in saying that you wouldn't push your philosophies down your friends' throats. Yeah, like, like my, my philosophy is, is if you want to get hammered, drunk, high, what, I, what say you, then leave, I guess. I'm not going to stop you. You want to no. do what you do, you do you. I know, but obviously I wouldn't be joining you. Yeah, no, I wouldn't do it either. I'm like, like okay, so like for, for example, my friends, we were hanging out at my friend's house and they all wanted to get high. And they're like, okay. One, we know you don't smoke, but would it be okay if we smoke, even though you're with us? I'm like, that's fine. Just don't offer me it. You yeah, know? yeah. And they did it. They did it. They did not offer me it. They smoked. They passed it around. They did not offer me it. I was like, I don't mind. I don't mind being in the same room because the smell does not bother me. You know? Um, it just do not offer me it because then I find that rude because you know that I don't smoke. So I'm like, as long as you guys don't offer me it, I'm cool. Apart you know? from John, Hannah, and Suzanne, I've never met anyone who are like your friends. I've always met people who do try and force me 
who did try and push their philosophies down my throat. In fact, my first girlfriend ever almost made me smoke a joint and almost made me have sexual intercourse when I wasn't ready. So... I, mean, okay, I, I talk about much about the second part, but like the, the first part... Um, first part, what you want to do... When, when someone's off to do something, the best way is to say, you know what? I'm not really in the mood. So I'm sorry, but not right now. It's just back it away. Just like, don't say no. I don't, I don't smoke. That's not me. Just like, be, just like, hey, you know what? I'm not really in the mood. Sorry. I'm not really in the mood. So thanks. Best way to do it. You don't okay. offend them. You don't offend them, but you're still turning them down. You know, right. that, way, that, um, way, that, way, that way you don't escalate the conflict. The second part, which is a little bit more intimate, it, it, that's, that's stuff she had to talk about. Like, like, and listen, I'm not ready, like mentally or spiritually or physically. You know, you yeah. Know, if they want to be with you, then they will wait. Like, okay, well, you know, let's work it out. Let's, you know, whenever <laughs> you find the right time. I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, unfortunately, this little some, and I hate the word, and I hate the word I'm about to use. Uh, no, I don't want to use a derogatory <laughs> word. That's why I'm yeah. trying to think of what word to say. Ladies, I apologize, but sometimes some women are a little S L U T. Say that again, sorry. <laughs> some women are S L U T. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. I hate using that word. I really do. But I wasn't. Ta- I wasn't going to use that derogatory word. I was trying to think of what the word to say. I'll, I'll take the bullet for you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, yeah. no some, some women, some women, and usually it's the younger age nowadays. Um, yeah, you guys, you guys are like that too. I'm like, we made a joke that, uh, actually, one of my friends, uh, he we call him a man whore because a guy was sleep with like another random woman, like every right, yeah. right. I'm yeah. like, well, you're, the, you're a man whore. He we would joke about it, but like yeah, but he was, was like, like like I'm not even I don't I don't even want to say names, but um, him and his friend both slept with and dated the same girl Ooh. at the at same time at, at different times though at different uh, times. Oh, okay, okay. Like I like, thought you meant at the same time, and I was like, did neither of them? No, no, it, it was pretty close. It was pretty close. It was like within like maybe less than a month, probably. Oh. Jesus, okay, but yeah. uh, so like, so like, well, I I know exactly what you mean by peer pressure and all that. Like, yeah, because I don't it's like some people say, "Oh, you're 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 so closed in, you're so closed off, you know, you're sheltered." I'm like, no, I'm just more wiser than most people. Because just because yeah, choose, just because exactly. I choose not to drink, just because I choose not to have sex or 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 randomly have sex with people. Or drink or get high off my ass or take some fucking weed or mushrooms or whatever. Or do some super crazy shit. Doesn't mean I'm I'm weird. No. It doesn't mean I'm closed off either. Exactly. Like um, uh, for example, one of my friends uh well he's a friend of a friend. But he's a he's a close friend of mine. Like a, I know him. He's a good guy. Okay. Um, he took shrooms. Right? Okay. And this is the memory he tells me. This is what he tells me. Happened. He took shrooms and he was out of it. And then the, 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 the only thing he remembers is he had to go to the bathroom. So when he went to the bathroom, he's bathroom, and he was watching his face. And when he looked into the mirror, he didn't see his face. 
He saw a demon staring back at him. What? And that was because he was on a high. He was on shrooms. Yeah, he was on shrooms. He was seeing shit. Right. And, I, and I'm like, see, that's why I don't do drugs. That exact reason. You yeah. Know? I don't want to leave my mind messed with. Him. I already got a messed up mind as it is. Exactly. I might have already screwed up ten ways to Sunday. I don't need another one. Yeah, you don't need another ten ways. Right. Right. This is uh, like like for people who like they 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 need to drink, they need to be high to to enjoy fun. I I feel bad for them because me. I do too. You put me in front of a video game console. I'm set. You put a deck of Yu-Gi-Oh cards in front of me. I'm fine. You know, I'm set as well. Yeah, dude, you put a book in front of me that, that that's in my genre of styles. I'll read it. That'll be fine. You know? Yeah, like if you put, um, if you put like a, a two professional wrestlers, a ring, and a TV screen in front of me, I'd be like, I'm watching it. Or if you put uh the, the newest game in front of me and a controller in my hands, I'll play it. That's like, my son. The new Spider-Man, you know, Miles Morales. Or yeah, yeah, the Miles Morales <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, you, you, you put the PS5 controller in my hand, you put the game on the screen, I'm playing it. That's my fact. I, w- I will say this, I will say this. Um, I started playing the, uh, so I know it's off topic, but I'm sorry, but I started playing the uh, the new Animal Crossing last night. Uh-huh. Uh, you guys have a Switch, get it, great. Hey, there you go, guys. <laughs> a recommendation from Juan. It is and fantastic. Not, not only that, but Jack Sedekai would probably recommend it as well because he's play he plays it on his channel. Who's it? Who was? Who was? Jack Sedekai, the oh, yeah. YouTuber. Oh, I love Jack. I love Jack. Jack is amazing. <laughs> but he would also probably recommend Animal Crossing because he plays it with his girlfriend. So that's yeah. Oh, oh what's it? Ah, uh, hot eyes all around. So, I actually something just something just just coming to my head now, and I'd want to hear opinions from you guys. How come people with mental health feel like they're either outcasts or freaks, or that they don't belong? Because that's how I'm feeling right now. Because it's society. Society is a norm. Sees um mental health as a uh a pox or a plague or uh, uh as a as a as a disease no 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 not as a disease as a as a, something bad which i mean yes it is a bad thing to have but we shouldn't look at it as a bad thing we should look at it as something that needs to, to be helped something something that needs to be addressed you know yeah. mm-hmm. So there's a lot of disabilities. There's some physical disabilities. You know, people who are handicapped, like wheelchairs. Yeah, who, yeah. They they have braces on their legs. They have they, they use the um, the walking sticks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or people like um, Hawking, Stephen Hawking, who's stuck in a chair. That's a physical yeah. disability. Those are treated right away. Why? Because they're physically they can see them right away. You, right. You see a problem. Oh well, this guy obviously has problems. Let's help him right away. The one that we have our mental they're hidden there not visibly yeah yeah he's right (laughs) yeah I mean I think he's absolutely right that's part of the problem with mental health stuff is you can't tell just by looking at somebody oh this person's got dyspraxia or this person's got 
you know, anxiety or depression or whatever, it's much harder yeah. for people to realise that you've got it in the first place unless you do what we're doing tonight and talk about it. And that's really hard for most people. Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. Um, it's very hard to do. It's especially hard for men, as we said in the beginning, to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think it's very unfair that men's mental health is not treated in the same way that women's is. Yeah, and um, now I understand. Right. Well, this- yeah, it's true because, like, um, today's society and culture, uh, God forbid, you know, you're 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 not either you're sure you got to be the top alpha male. You know, mm-hmm. you know like, like for example, in high school, I hated high school. My high school years sucked. Um, right. Mainly because like everybody had this this image in your head where you had to belong to a certain group, you had to do a certain way, be a certain how. However, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't belong to no group. I didn't have any status anywhere. I have friends of all walks of life. You know. Um, yeah. Why I think I had such a hard time because <laughs> I always make a joke of it, but when I was in high school, I usually I literally had a crap ton of female friends. I'm not even joking. Like, literally, you see me, I was surrounded by girls. Not because I I look good, because I'll tell you right now, I am butt ugly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's because I grew up with uh, in a female all female household. So I knew how women. I understood women better than most guys would. Most guys tend to go, hey, I want to get your pants. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Me, I understood women because I grew up literally surrounded by women all my life. So uh-huh. my friends were all women. Right. I literally got me the evil out of every single guy I, I, I ran into. I got plenty of, like, upstairs from guys. I'm like, <sighs> no. Bro, dude, you want to you wanna get friends with women? Learn how not to be a dick. I know, yeah. Please. You know? Is that that hard? No, I know. And don't be a creep, pervert, or rapist. (laughs) Yeah. That should not be that hard for some fucking people. (laughs) I know, and I... But for me, I feel like it's the opposite. You know how you talk about, you know, not being a dick, not being an asshole, not being a rapist, or a perv or a creep. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that it's the opposite for me. Like, I feel like I can't even... I, I can make female friends, but, um, like, every time I'm just trying to be my most authentic self, which is a classy gentleman with an extensive vocabulary of words and terms, I get shot on, basically. Like, I was also in a household with women. You know, I was with my mum, I was with my sister. Yeah, my father's a man, but I was still with women. But it feels like I got shot on. Like, in my specialist, air quote, school, um, or college, or wherever, I just feel like I'm getting shot on at every opportunity. And I don't get it. At all. 
you, you, you gotta put my, you are trying to put your mind with the minds of kids nowadays. Now, you, you're trying to, you're trying to act, not act, but trying to be, you're trying to live a life, be a way of someone who was born of a different era. Now, the that's kids, because I am. Listen, yeah, but let, let me let me finish. Let me finish. The kids nowadays, especially younger generation. They are grow up in a world where everything's so easily accessible, and this instant gratification nowadays. Where like, um, oh well, you know, hey, I want to get that new game. Well, back then, we had to like save up money, wait for our parents to take us to the video game store, buy it, then wait, go back home, wait to like. Either installs into the computer, or you know, take forever to load up on the, the PlayStation Two or whatever. Say you, and then play it, and then even then, we only play for like an hour because we had to do our homework and then go to bed early on time to go to school the next. Day. You know, yeah. Nowadays, kids are like, oh, I want to play a game. Let me just download the app real quick. Oh, look at that! I just did it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm bored now. <sighs> you know, yeah. So- Instant gratification makes kids, especially kids nowadays, bratty, very bratty, very rude to older generation people. You know? Yes. If you try to put your mentality with kids of this day, of course they're going to get, like, shit on, you know? Especially in high school. Like, when when I was in high school, I was the same way. I I tried to be polite because that's how I was raised. Be polite, be proper, be a gentleman to women because that's how I was raised by my mother. Yeah, and I was raised the same. Yeah. So, if like for example, when I was in, I was in uh, middle school, I always learned to hold the door for women. So, and when, I would too. When, when recess ended, I always held the door. Like mm-hmm. people would like look at me like weird, like why are you holding the door for? Her? I'm like because I want to. And I was smart. I, I, I realized if I hold the door, I get more time outside than anybody else. My <laughs> 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 recess gets extended by just that much longer. Um, but no, like I just I wanted to hold the door for everybody. So like that literally became my job when I was in middle school. But people thought I was like that weird kid who holds the door for everybody. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say I never. I was like, no, I'm, I'm just doing it because a I want to stay outside longer, and b I'm just trying to be nice to everybody. I know, yeah. and I and I don't get many thanks from people when I do that. I don't care. Yeah. They don't thank me. I'm like, there's not the thankful part. It's uh, it's the satisfaction that I know I'm doing it. I don't need to. I don't need somebody to go. Thank you. No, you know what? Yeah, I know. You know what? Listen, if you don't want to say thank you, then that's just on you for being being a, a crabby pin. You know, it's just, you should get the satisfaction that you did something good. Period. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah, I. That's hard for me to do. Yeah, no, no. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that that's like you shouldn't. Expect things from people nowadays to to just be nice because nowadays it look if first of all the world is not a nice place period I'm sure everybody here can agree with me on that no I know I I would agree this world is not a nice place it would even back when we were young it was still not a nice place it just got worse since then I know I... the best you could do is just try to be good in this world as much as you can if you can't. Just try to ride with the tide. I know, but I always get told to be my authentic self. 
but I feel like my authentic self is that of a freak and is that of an outsider. But you know what? Sometimes the best people are freaks. Okay? Look, look, look at perfect example. Perfect example. Look at every superhero ever. Are look they. At, look at what, sorry? Every superhero. Every superhero you've ever seen. Right? Right. What do they all have in common? Well, most of them have powers. Well, no. They're all outcasts of society in some sort. Yeah, they are. But even, the, even the villains. Even the villains. Even especially the villains. They're all outcasts of society. But you know what? That's what makes them better. Superman has to pretend to be a normal person. Um, the Flash, he's actually a science nerd. You know? Yes. Um, well, let's say, let's say, uh, Batman. Batman was a lonely child, uh, uh, raised by a butler, no parents, because his parents were killed. Yes. Most people would have gone into an insane war. What did he do? He learned karate, martial arts. He became the world's greatest detective, and now Batman. I mean, yes. I know, I know, there are comic books and all that, but these are like just, these are just like trying to show you how what. You, well, if life gives you something, how to turn it into a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, um, try to think of another good one. Captain America? Captain America. Literally, the, the perfect example. I'm going to minus the super system. That's the point. <laughs> the hero was in him all along, is what they were trying to prove. Um, that even when he was, before he had the super soldier syndrome, said, Yes, I got what you were meaning. Thank you. The um, super soldier serum. Serum. Um, yes. He was always stand up for what was right and for the little man, even though he was the little man. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, in the Captain America movie, he was the first one to jump on the grenade before anybody else. Why? Because that's the right thing to do. Yes. And people thought, oh, he's just a wimp. He has no problems. He's, he's not going to make it. Look at him now. Well, I mean, granted, he has the serum in him. But even if he did, he still probably would have been a badass soldier. He would have, yes. It's, it's, he still would have been a badass soldier. The serum, literally, like, 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 the, doc, like the, the creator of the serum said, the serum just brings out what's already inside you. So it, all that... All it, that enhances it. it enhances the potential inside you. So the Captain America we see in, in Captain America now was the potential unlocked that was already inside him. It just needed that, <clears throat> you know? And that's what the serum did. He gave that, mm, gave that little, yeah. mm, you know? Uh-huh. Of course. So, so if you want to think of it that way, think of all that potential you have in you, you know, that to, to, to be who you are, and just be who you are, period. Don't let others t- say anything different. You know? Mm-hmm. Or do, if they do, just do what Captain America does. They punch Hitler in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would certainly get me in trouble under normal circumstances, but I get your point. I mean, it would be his corpse. Okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> it wasn't dark, it was just how it is, you know. Um, I didn't hear what Hannah said, what she said. I said he got a bit dark pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, is why, which, is why, which is why I brought up Captain America hitting Hitler in the face. 
<laughs> no, that's what I mean. <laughs> it wasn't exactly dark. It was just. I know, him... but still, like hitting somebody in the face, you could probably get yourself arrested. Do you never see that? You never seen that? Like Captain America hit uh, in the comic books. Captain America actually punched Hitler in the face. No, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised you didn't get arrested for it. <laughs> well, it's a first. Of all, it's a comic. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, it's a comic, and second of all, you can't get away with it. Uh, yeah. I, I, what was I think it was like when the, the Halloween Commandos they stormed the base. <laughs> like you see Hitler just getting punched, knocked out by Captain America. It was like right in the front cover of the comic book too. It was like on the cover. It was really fantastic. It was great. It was just like. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, what are people's last thoughts about mental health and how, like? how beneficial it is to talk about it. I'll start with Juan. I think when it comes to men's health, first off, I think it should be more, more openly discussed, period. Whether within among friends, within the uh, doctor or psychiatrist, or in the media, just in general media, it should be discussed. Now, mental health for everybody I think it should be definitely more voiced. It needs to be addressed a lot more. Um, too much negativity in the media nowadays. Um, with you know the whole corona and all the uh-huh. death. And I, I, I think maybe if they were talking about something like try to help people because now, like I said earlier, I think you guys heard me earlier that with corona, there's a lot of people who are stuck inside who have depression. You know, yeah. and or or. or have trouble talking to people, and now they have even more trouble because there's nobody to talk to because they're by themselves at home all day. Um, yeah, and it's stuff that stuff like that that needs to be addressed. And if oh. it, like, like, if you know like, people who are listening, mm-hmm. if you know somebody who's at home and you haven't heard from them in a while, check it on them. Okay, just check it on them, make sure they're okay, um, because that helps. It, it really does. That, that one little, hey, how are you doing? You okay? What's going on? I'm just seeing, making sure you're okay. You know, trying to invite them out, you know? Um, me, like, in my case, like, if it wasn't for, like, the DD with you guys, honestly, I would have been in a lot worse situation. But I'm grateful for meeting you guys and for doing DD. However, little amounts we do. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> DD has definitely helped. But no, because because no, because of you guys, I actually started met, um, I started doing other D and D sessions with other people, and that now I have like. Wait. Oh, I'm I'm glad you could say that. Like I, I do like four sessions a week, you know. And that's thanks to us. And that's thanks to you guys, because honestly, it wasn't for you, I would not be able to do the D and D other D and D. So, and I'm glad for that. Um, You're welcome. So, like I said, like no, like I said, uh. Mental health needs to be addressed openly now more than ever, period. Yeah, yeah. Hannah, your thoughts? Because um, I'm inclined to agree with everything that Juan just said. Yeah, I gotta agree with him myself because it keeps us all distracted from what fucking shit's going on out in this world. Mm-hmm. And we get to meet people like him, 
and yeah. free and Mm-hmm. And Suzanne? Yeah, I mean, again, I agree with a lot of the stuff Juan's already said, but the other thing I would say might help is making the men's mental health charities a bigger thing in general in terms of, like, the advertising that they get and the acknowledgements that they get in the world in general. Because yeah. I don't feel there's enough of that. I didn't know there was a lot of men's mental health charities until the thing with Lionheart kicked off. Right. right. I had never heard of most of them, sadly, and that's a really tragic thing because I should have known about them before because people in my life have anxiety, have depression, have things that may lead them down that very dark path, and I don't want them going down that path. Yeah. And also, more of that kind of stuff for groups like the Samaritans. I've spoken to the Samaritans on a couple of occasions, and the two times I've spoken to them, they've really, really helped. Uh, guys? Sorry, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here too. Yeah, I was doing something important. Ah, so, uh, okay. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, it does need to just, just uh, there is again, uh, it needs to be discussed again more than ever now. Um, charities for both sexes need to be like open and out there, more honest and open discussions need to be had. And together we can try and make this world a better place. Yeah, and I also absolutely agree with what Juan said about checking in with people if they seem more down or not themselves. As he says, just even a quick message to be like, hey, how are you doing today or how are you feeling? Yeah. Can brighten somebody's day and make them feel at least a tiny bit better because they know that somebody out there cares. Yeah, exactly. Because the worst thing you can feel is like nobody gives a damn. Yes. Indeed. Well, on that note, um, all there is really to say is give a listen to the Everlock and RuPaul's Rucasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, have a look out for the Gotham Fans podcast that's going to be appearing soon, and the While and Out wow and cast that's gonna come soon um and really all on my end that there's left to say is we hope you loved listening to this episode and um again tim if you're listening thank you again for what you did that day when you saved me from making the mistake so it'll be goodbye from hannah Bye. Goodbye. Yes, uh, it will be goodbye from our. Well, it will be adios from our Spaniard. <laughs> adios, mi amigos. Bye, bye. See, um, and it will be goodbye from Suzanne. Night, <laughs> folks. Yes. So we shall hopefully have another mental health table, but for now we will leave it here.